Hello, this is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court decision syllabus in Abitron, Austria versus Hetronic International Incorporated. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit. Argued March 21st, 2023. Decided June 29th, 2023. This case requires the court to decide the foreign reach of 15 U.S.C. Section 1114-1A and Section 1125-A-1, two provisions of the Lanham Act that prohibit trademark infringement. The case concerns a trademark dispute between Hetronic, a U.S. company, and six foreign parties, collectively, collectively Abitron. Hetronic manufactures remote controls for construction equipment. Abitron, once a licensed distributor for Hetronic, claimed ownership of the rights to much of Hetronic's intellectual property and began employing Hetronic's marks on products it sold. Hetronic sued Abitron in the Western District of Oklahoma for trademark violations under two related provisions of the Lanham Act, both of which prohibit the unauthorized use in commerce of protected marks when, inter alia, that use is likely to cause confusion. Section 1114-1A, 1125-A1. Hetronic sought damages for Abitron's infringing acts worldwide. Abitron argued that Hetronic sought an impermissible extraterritorial application of the Lanham Act. The district court rejected Abitron's argument, and a jury later awarded Hetronic approximately $96 million in damages re related to Abitron's global employment of Hetronic's marks. The district court also entered a permanent injunction preventing Abitron from using Hetronic's marks anywhere in the world. On appeal, the Tenth Circuit narrowed the injunction, but otherwise affirmed the judgment, concluding that the Lanham Act extended to all of Abitron's foreign infringing conduct. <coughs> Held. Applying the presumption against extraterritoriality, Section 1114-1A and 1125-A1 of the Lanham Act are not extraterritorial, and extend only to claims where the infringing use in commerce is domestic. A. The presumption against extraterritoriality reflects the long-standing principle that legislation of Congress, unless a contrary intent appears, is meant to apply only within the territorial jurisdiction of the United States. Morrison v. National Australia Bank. The presumption serves to avoid the international discord that can result when U.S. law is applied to conduct in foreign countries and reflects the common-sense notion that Congress generally legislates with domestic concerns in mind. RJR Nabisco, Inc. versus European Community. Applying the presumption involves a two-step framework, which asks at step one whether the statute is extraterritorial. This step turns on whether Congress has affirmatively and unmistakably instructed that the provision at issue should apply to foreign conduct. If Congress has provided such an instruction, then the provision is extraterritorial. If not, then the provision is not extraterritorial and step two applies. That step resolves whether a suit seeks a permissible domestic or impermissible foreign application of the provision. 
That determination requires courts to identify the focus of congressional concern underlying the provision at issue, and then asks whether the conduct relevant to that focus occurred in United States territory. Western Gecko LLC versus Ion Geophysical, Geophysical Corporation. Thus, to prove that a claim involves a domestic application of a statute, plaintiffs must establish that the conduct relevant to the statute's focus occurred in the United States. See Nestle versus Doe. Step two is designed to apply the presumption to claims that involve both foreign and domestic conduct separating the activity that matters from the activity that does not. After all, the court has long recognized that the presumption would be meaningless if any domestic conduct could defeat it. See Morrison. B. Neither provision at issue provides an express statement of extraterritorial application or any other clear indication that it is one of the rare provisions that nonetheless applies abroad. Both simply prohibit the use in commerce of protected trademarks when that use is, quote, likely to cause confusion. Sections 1114-1A and 1125-A1. Hetronic maintains that the Lanham Act's definition of commerce, that is, all commerce which may lawfully be regulated by Congress, Section 1127, rebuts the presumption against extraterritoriality. But this court's repeated holding that even statutes that expressly refer to foreign commerce when defining commerce are not extraterritorial. See Morrison. Morrison dooms Hetronic's arguments. C. Because section 1114-1A and section 1125-A1 are not extraterritorial, the court must consider at step two when claims involve domestic application of these provisions. Under the proper test, the ultimate question regarding permissible domestic application turns on the location of the conduct relevant to the focus of the statutory provisions. But much of the parties' dispute in this case misses this critical point and centers on the focus of the relevant provisions without regard to the conduct relevant to that focus. See Western Gecko. Abitron contends that Section 1114-1A and Section 1125-A1 focus on preventing infringing use of trademarks, while Hetronic argues that they focus both on protecting the goodwill of mark owners and on preventing consumer confusion. The United States is amicus curiae, argues that the provisions focus only on likely consumer confusion. The parties all seek support for their positions in Steele versus Belovo Watch Company, but because Steele implicated both domestic conduct and a likelihood of domestic confusion, Steele does not answer which one determines the domestic applications of the provisions here. The ultimate question regarding permissible domestic application turns on the location of the conduct relevant to the focus. See RJR Nabisco. And the conduct relevant to any focus the parties have proffered is infringing use in commerce as defined by the Act. This conclusion follows from the text and context of both provisions. 
Both provisions prohibit the unauthorized use in commerce of a a protected trademark when that use is likely to cause confusion. In other words, Congress prescribed the use of a mark in commerce under certain conditions. This conduct, to be sure, must create a sufficient risk of confusion. But confusion is not a separate requirement. Rather, it is simply a necessary characteristic of an offending use. Because Congress has premised liability on a specific action, a particular sort of use in commerce, that specific action would be the conduct relevant to any focus on offer today. See Western Gecko. In sum, Section 1114-1A and Section 1125-A1 are not extraterritorial, and use in commerce provides the dividing line between foreign and domestic applications of these provisions. The proceedings below were not in accord with this understanding of extraterritoriality. Vacated and remanded. Justice Alito delivered the opinion of the court in which Thomas, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Jackson joined. Jackson filed a concurring opinion. Sotomayor filed an opinion concurring in the judgment in which Roberts, Kagan, and Barrett joined. Lucas M. Walker argued the case for the petitioners. With him on the briefs were Jeffrey A. Lemkin, Elizabeth Clark, Lauren F. Dayton, Ryan Yeh, Anton J. Rupert, and Jaron T. Steiner. Masha G. Hansford argued the cause for the United States as amicus curiae, urging vacature. With her on the brief were Solicitor General Prologar, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Boynton, Deputy Solicitor General Stewart, Daniel Tenney, and Joseph F. Busa. Matthew S. Hellman argued the, the cause for the respondent. With him on the brief were Lauren J. Hartz, Debbie L. Berman, Gianni P. Servadito, and Samuel R. Falkerson. Justice Delito delivered the opinion of the court. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe.